From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode number 28. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's, an exceptional shave at a fraction of the price, Sanebox, clean up your inbox and spend less time on email, and Warby Parker, glasses should not cost as much as an iPhone. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank good. you. Good to, good to hear from you as always, and Mr. Stephen Hackett. Welcome, sir, to Connected, episode number 28. Hello, my fair young co-hosts. Uh, we are young and you are old. That is that is correct. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. We, we survived We survived the, the curse of the 27 group. We did. We're all still alive. <laughs> How We're still alive. <laughs> we, we didn't die as a rock star. I'm really uh, pleased you didn't bring this up last week. I would have been worried all week. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I thought about it all the time. I was like, maybe we're just... <laughs> I don't know, maybe the show is dying like right now and, and I don't want to tell him. And instead we survived. So We did. We're on, we're on uh, episode 28 and it's a Tuesday, which is our, our new day for, at least for now. So Tuesday it is. Tuesday feels different than Wednesday. I'm still energetic. Well, it's a, it's a day yeah. before. Yes, it is. True. Yeah. Begins it's, um, I feel, I feel younger than I would have felt tomorrow. So that's a good point. You are, <laughs> you are for once young. Well, it's good. Uh, it's good. I don't know how much you can feel younger, Steven, but you'd be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's 24 hours. You already passed yeah. a real point a while ago. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the small victories, my friend, that, that make life that little uh, sweeter. <laughs> Just diminishing returns at this point, really. I what I don't like about like when we change days because as well, like we have recorded. So I'm all over the place, right? Because I no longer record Inquisitive on Wednesdays, and now I don't record this show on a Wednesday. So my schedule this week, I don't even know where I am. I don't. I multiple times today did not know, know what day of the week it was. What are you doing on Wednesday? I don't know. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to yes, be tomorrow, giving a talk it is Wednesday. Uh, at the Apple Store in Covent Garden. Oh, it's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Can uh, you tell us more about it for people who don't know? Yeah, I'm going to be... Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I'm going to be giving a, a talk on how I became an independent podcaster um, and talk about kind of what I think uh, people who are interested in this sort of stuff should think about and that kind of stuff and be doing that at the Apple Store in Covent Garden. Unfortunately, the event is sold out, um, but uh, it will be recorded and released... After the fact now, which we wasn't going to be originally, but um, I think the event was so popular that that uh, we we decided we're gonna we're gonna record it. So I'm very excited about that. So you'll cool. be able to to hear that probably before uh, next week's episode. Um, there'll be a link a link for that. Can you tell us the ending? I, I'm really short on time. Uh, the ending is questions, <laughs> questions and answers. <laughs> will be will wow. be the end of my of my talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's. It's really cool. I'm I'm excited you get yeah. to do that. And you know, people yeah, are awesome, uh, Thank you. people are going to want you to sign their phones probably, and um, maybe sign a relay shirt or two. I should take. I should remember to take some pens just in case something like that does occur. Some, oh yeah, I thought you were talking about yeah. like relay pens. It's like no, those aren't. For you selling. have like a pen show anyway. Exactly. So you've got plenty of pens. <laughs> then maybe we can do on you know on the pen addict we can talk about the best pens to sign something with. You know. <laughs> It all goes around. <laughs> they uh, when when we uh, formed the LLC, uh, that triggers basically a giant junk mail machine, <laughs> and so uh, I just get all sorts of mail from our business. And this one company about every six weeks sends me a like an ink pen with 
Relay FM on it. Like they want me to buy pens from them. Um, and one of them is my wife uses it. It's like purple with this like crazy metal zigzag. It's it's horrendous, but it's like the best writing pen in our house. So we all we oh. use it. But it's it's really. Ugly. Did you get it for free? Oh yeah, because they want me to do business. They want me to buy branded merch merchandise. Oh. And um, I have a guy for that. So if you just wait mm. for long enough, you will eventually have all of the pens that you need. Like they'll yeah. just keep sending them to you, and then right. you can sell them. Yeah, we could just put them on the store. We should make a pen. <laughs> but that's we should make an edition junk mail pen. Yeah, that's the uh, the junk mail is crazy. Anyways, we should do some follow up. Yep. First, uh, from um, Papa Drang, and I, I have his. Um, this tweet up in Chrome and the snowman and his background is just peeking out behind mm. the tweet, which is very, oh, I'm looking very, at it now. very disconcerting. Oh. Uh, I'll, wow. take, I'll put a, I'll put a screenshot of that oh, in the show notes. The full things there. I'm trying to hit the bookmark clip and I can't do it quick enough. Ah. If you follow the direction of the snowman size is looking directly at the people who uh, f- engaged with the tweet. Oh, Steven, he's looking right at you. I know. It's oh. really, it's really terrifying. Um, so before we get to this tweet, this tweet can be found in the show notes that can be found on the internet, I believe. Is that is that true, Mike? That is true. You can find the show notes over at relay.fm slash connected slash 28 or in your podcast application that you, of which you have chosen. That's good. So Dr. Drang points out uh, that rounding off corners is something that's actually very old at Apple. And when he saw this, we, well, you can see my reply on Twitter that basically was, I can't believe I didn't remember this. Uh, so Dr. Drank points us to an Andy Hertzfield article on uh, folklore.org, which you, if you haven't checked out, you should definitely check out. It's, it's a lot of fun um, if you're like me. And basically talking about how rounded rectangles were a big thing in the original uh, Mac UI and kind of how they did it. Um, and he actually is talking about how they did it on the Lisa, which is pretty cool. So that article's in the show notes. And uh, so Apple has a long history of rounding off rectangles because they don't like pointy things, apparently. Do you? Do I like pointy things? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm okay. Um, I'm okay with rounded rectangles. Mm-hmm. Do you wish everything was square? Just funny, strange that you didn't bring this up on your own. Oh, come, I, I'm sorry. When you get old, you forget. You get forgetful. So, um, and Dr. Drang Snowman don't age, so he's, he's, he's young on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, in conjunction with this, someone pointed us to, uh, Johnny Ive versus Corners on Tumblr, but there's nothing on this Tumblr. It's just, well, somebody set up Johnny Ive redesigns corners.tumblr.com, which was something that somebody said on last week's episode. So Mm. someone got there and registered it, but they've not put anything on there. So whoever owns Johnny Ive redesigns corners.tumblr.com, which honestly is probably Kyle. It probably is Kyle. You need to put things on there. You know, don't just, don't just take the domains because it could have been somebody waiting to get it who, who had like, who'd already opened Photoshop ready to, to show some corner redesigning. This is not how you Tumblr at all. Like that, you're no. supposed to put content. If we learn one thing from Taylor Swift, it's how to Tumblr. Yeah. I'll just assume is... that's a reference that young people get. <laughs> I was waiting for his comment. <laughs> I, know, I know. You really set me up. You just handed right <laughs> to me. Uh, we have a tweet from uh, Glenn Austin Green uh, on Twitter, which uh, 
uh, props for using all three names. I like I like the sound of that. Um, we spoke about HomeKit, I think, a couple of weeks ago now, and basically we're like, where's HomeKit? Well, HomeKit takes a long time. Uh, you have to certify your equipment with Apple to use HomeKit, and um, is Glenn has a customer or a, or somebody he knows who has been invited to beta test that. So it does seem like there's some movement uh, I do believe there are a couple things that were shown at like CES saying that they would tie into HomeKit, but overall, I think our point stands that there's just not a lot going on yet. Um, you know, it's it's still sort of a thing that you know is like coming in a lot of ways. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I when I bought my uh, my Whiting's home uh, camera like a couple of months ago, I was told, or at least I read, I think on the wire cutter or maybe somewhere else, uh, I was told that it was going to support HomeKit. Now I'm, I'm not sure whether that was true or not. Um, I'm really confused by, by the whole HomeKit rollout. Um, I'm in the process of buying a lot of uh, these home automation things. And like... I was excited to to check out HomeKit and you know do stuff with Siri that sort of features. Um, I'm very confused by like what is it? How it's going to appear at the Apple Store or anywhere else? And there, there's websites and companies saying yeah we will support HomeKit. Now I'm not sure if my Whiting's Home uh, will support HomeKit with a software update or if there will be like a different version of the camera. Uh, which means that my old, my existing uh, Whiting's Home model will be updated. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very confused. I don't know. It's cool, but I, it's kind of you know the rollout was. It's kind of like iTunes Analytics. They're never coming. I'm like terrified at the thought of you, um, like automating your home. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> actually the other the other day, um, so I set up like a Philips Hue lights. Um, I'm trying to find a, a Belkin Wemo switch. Uh, turns out that my local Apple store doesn't have uh, Belkin switches. So I think I will have to buy it from the online store. And so right now I have this Philips uh, lights and um, the Whiting's camera. The other day I was giving a demo to my friends and <laughs> so I was using IFTTT to turn on my lights. And what's cool is that I can use the, um, you know, IFTTT has these new apps uh, for like the Do apps, they're yeah. called. And there's one called uh, Do Note. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because even if it's uh, text, uh, you can uh, create a recipe for the uh, Philips lights and then you can type the color like of uh, <laughs> of the, the like the name of the color that you want to turn on uh, in yeah. your in your lights or you can type the hex code of course um, you can <laughs> no so i just uh, i was just typing uh, the the colors and showing it to my to my parents actually not to my friends i was showing it to my parents i typed red and i had to tell my dad he doesn't really know english that it meant rosso which is the italian for red um so I was just messing around with, with uh, you know, auto web automation and the lights. And then my girlfriend, um, which was not um, with me, got a notification from the Whiting's home camera. 
uh, about movement in the house. And she called me like she was panicking. She was she thought that we were like uh, we were getting robbed. And she was like, they even turned on the lights. And I told her, no, that's me, them. I'm just showing my parents how you can turn on the lights. <laughs> she thought there was people wow. using her this lights. Is, this is the problem with connecting your home to the internet, is yeah. you then start yeah. to, to fear things that you'd never thought of before. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, how specific can you be with the instructions? Can you say, like, give me a slightly light blue? <laughs> or like- I tr- so I tried like red, uh, pink. I tried light blue, but it wasn't really different from blue. Right. So I think if you want to be precise, you need to use the uh, the hex code. What like- if you were like the color of Mike's eyes? Would it change yeah. to the color yeah, of Mike's eyes? I-, I don't think you can do that. It's also kind of confusing because in the Philips Hue app, uh, you can create, there's like these custom colors like energetic or relax or romance and i'm not sure whether i can type that name into uh ifttt i gotta i gotta pretty more with that like i only spent like a week with the lights Uh, but yeah i'm I'm, i want to connect all my all my stuff the the internet of things you know Um, i'm gonna connect it all and then i'm gonna talk about it on connected which is going to well, be all kinds of meta because of this. You could set a color up called special business since you're the the president of that. <laughs> My thought was to, um, whenever there, there's a new Apple press release, to just start flashing uh, a strobe, uh, <laughs> a red color. God, be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you're like asleep still, oh, no. you're asleep like, still it- just going off. The next time that you have like a product for sale, like the next time you write a book, like every time uh, there's a sale, flash green. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. So anyway, what we were talking about? Ah, oh, yeah, the the the, the home kit. kit. Yeah. Also, um, bec- I thought about it because I saw the um, Stephen New uh, said that this listener used uh, his complete name. Did I ever to- tell you guys about my my middle name? No, we're going to need to hear mm. this. No, so basically in Italy, uh, like I guess it's different from America. We don't, like the middle name is not really as important, I think, as is it is in, in America. Mike, is it, is it a, like a thing in the in the UK? Middle names? Mm. Like we have yeah. them and like... Uh, do Do you care usually? Not really. I don't think most people do. Yeah, I think it's the same in Italy. It must be a European thing. So I don't want to tell you right now my middle name. I want you to guess it. And hmm. it's a, I'm just going to say it's a very uh, classic Italian name. It's kind of awesome, actually. Jeffrey. Also kind of no. embarrassing, maybe, for some Italians. I don't know. Uh, I'll just let you guess it, and then we'll wait for feedback. And... Whoever uh, guesses correctly uh, gets, I don't an, know. An iPad. No. Got to think of a price. I will think of a price. Okay. Okay. So are we? how are we accepting these guesses? Uh, on Twitter. Okay. So or they can... send an email to Stephen. No. Uh. At, <laughs> at underscore connected FM and you can guess Federico's um, middle name for a, a prize. I don't even know why we're having this competition. I can't, I think... I can't even remember how we got here. I, I decided to have a competition. 
I don't. I've known you a long time. I don't think I know your middle name. I know Mike's, and Mike knows mine. Yeah. Uh, I I never tell anyone. Uh, wow. No, people in the chat room, you're not. You're you're far from from the truth. Also, Alejandro, it's not Italian. And <laughs> will you reveal it if, if next episode? Yeah. Next episode, it will be revealed whether people guess it or not. Yeah. Okay, so tune in next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> for some epic follow-up clearly i have a i have a little i have a little thing a little follow-up uh listener uh jonathan morris sent me a recording that he has done of the jonathan ive article um if you remember i didn't want to read it so um jonathan has recorded it uh for his own podcast that he has and i've been listening today i'm like 25 minutes in and i'm enjoying it a lot it's great, like because I get to hear all of the things that you guys got to read. There are a lot of little interesting things that I haven't seen mentioned anywhere because they're just like these small things, uh, <laughs> and because it was a billion words long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, like there are just like these little things that are just mentioned. Like for example, the whole setup of the Apple Watch event when he had like Chris Martin and Stephen Fry and like Sean Combs, and they're all just hanging out in a garden together. Like, why is this happening? But I'm happy that I now know that happened. Um, so yeah, it's great. So uh, I'm. I'm so this is like a, a bed a bedtime story for you, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think I mentioned it on on upgrade first. Like, I I I wish that the New Yorker had recorded it. Like, it, this with the length that this was, it feels like the perfect kind of thing to have somebody professionally re- like narrate for them. But like an audio book. Yeah, like um, an audiobook. And like you, could, a, you could sell an it. Audio, like, but, like an audio article. Yeah. Audio an audio article. And people had like written into me to say that like they do actually do that with some of their stuff, but they hadn't mm-hmm. seemed to do it with this one. Um which is frustrating. But now Mr. Morris has fixed it. So I'm happy about that. So thank you, Jonathan. Cool. Hopefully it doesn't run into any legal issue. That is the only <laughs> thing about it. Uh but whatever. Like they got their page view out of me, so what more do they want? Like, I'm not going to read it. At least I'm enjoying the content. Cool, cool. Um, one last piece of follow-up. Uh, a reader sent, or a listener, or a reader, I guess, if they are... Maybe you can do the opposite. Maybe you can listen to an article and you can print out a podcast. Um, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. I don't know. Either. It's like a special kind of uh, synesthesia, I think it's called, when you mix two different... Um, uh, senses like hmm. you know what I mean like I don't know <laughs> what is going uh, on <laughs> look up synesthesia it's a, it's a real thing Mike okay while you're doing that uh, I'm going to point this medium article about a uh, an app that seems to work alongside photos app for OS 10 and iOS where you can do some metadata and stuff um, to photos in the database which is pretty cool. It's some of that stuff's easy to do, like an automator. But if your photos are in a database, it's harder to get to. Um, I have not spent a lot of time with this, so if this nukes your entire family photo collection, don't blame me. But uh, that's in the show notes as well. Uh, Mike, have you followed up with a doctor about my disorder? Uh, w- someone's going to come and visit you. Like right now? At some point. Try not to huh. worry about it. Well, how will it's I know? Really creepy. I, yeah, that that a it's super creepy because I'm sitting in like a dark room in a 
giant building by myself, so I'm I'm a little worried. With these kinds of things, it's best for you not to know they're coming. Like that's to you. that's no that's no good at all. <laughs> oh man, maybe we should. Um, I think I think that that concludes the follow up. I, I think, think it does indeed. The, we're done with the fu. This week's episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends over at Warby Parker, who are a new sponsor of this show, and we're very happy to have them. Quite simply, glasses should not cost as much as an iPhone, but far too often they do, and this is where Warby Parker can help you. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses in that price, which is incredible. And these aren't ugly, cheap-looking designs that you're going to find at these prices either. Warby Parker believes that glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory, just like a bag, a shoe or a watch. Um, They want you to look good in your glasses, and they do just that. Warby Parker's designs are really good looking, and they want you to wear something on your face all day that you're proud of. They think you should look good. They also have a titanium collection that starts at $145, which include prescription lenses as well, of course. And these feature premium Japanese titanium and French non-rocking screws. I looked those up, and apparently it's like this really fancy kind of screw that you that basically keeps like the arm and the like the front piece. I don't know what you call the front piece of a pair of glasses. The front bit. Uh, it keeps them really like tight, so they don't like wobble around. Anyway, it's very fancy. But all of Warby Parker's glasses include anti-reflective and anti-glare coating as standard. There is no additional cost for this, and of course, you will get a lovely hard case and cleaning cloth too. You'll be hard-pressed to find a deal like that anywhere else. But the thing that people love Warby Parker for the most is their home try-on service. Home try-on makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free. The home try-on program allows you to order five pairs of glasses that will be shipped to your door. You can try them on in the comfort of your own home for five days, where you can get feedback from friends, family, and colleagues. Basically, you want the people that are going to look at your face every day to tell you that you look good in them. And that's what you'll be able to do. You can try on different pairs and get get some uh, feedback from the people around you. And then once you're done, you can send them all back for free using the prepaid return shipping label with no obligation to purchase. But once you've found the pair that you do like and you place your order, Warby Parker will get started on them right, the, right away and have them in your hands within 10 business days and they usually arrive even faster than that. Now, my American friend, Mr. Stephen Hackett, uh, has had a pair of Warby Parker glasses, including the whole home try-on thing. So, Mr. Stephen Hackett, what did you think of the Warby Parker? Parker experience it was uh it was great so I don't I think like a lot of people you know going somewhere talking to people that's not really my my thing and so I was able to sit down at my table and pick some out and uh they actually showed up on an evening that my wife had a bunch of friends over so like the house was uh full of uh some of her friends and I basically modeled them (laughs) you got to be have different disguises Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> sort of. And so I basically had like six women telling me what they thought of these frames. And um, it was great. I mean, it was super fast, super easy. You know, I'm, I'm crazy busy. And so it, it wasn't like I have to go visit the eye doctor. Um, I just, I actually just graduated wearing glasses full time, which is uh, depressing, but they made it fun. And it was, like you said, it's kind of a group exercise of like pick the frames that look good on me. So um, uh, it's really, really great. You should definitely check it out. And you did what I hear many people do. Uh, you ended up picking some that you may not have thought would look good on you, right? And then I think you ended up going one of those pairs, if I remember rightly. Yeah, they're they're really different than what I picked out at like my eye doctor, and um, it was great because I mean you get you get 
you know, to try several pairs. So I kind of like picked out some crazy ones. I was like, oh, you know, we'll see how this goes and ended up really, really liking them. So you can go to warbyparker.com slash connected to get your five free home try-on frames. So you can choose from those and it's the free home try-on for you. Once you send the frames back, you choose your favorite pair and you can order. But by visiting that URL and starting the process there, which is warbyparker.com slash connected, you will get free three-day shipping on your final frame choice. So you'll get them super quick. Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk-free and you get free shipping all around. And, of course, this is something else I just wanted to mention. You'll be contributing to a charitable cause. As for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Thanks so much to Warby Parker for supporting this show. Go to warbyparker.com slash connected and sign up. I would, uh, topic zero is basically me complaining for a minute, if that's okay. I always want to hear you complain. So there's a link in the show notes to a day one post. Um, my photo of the day on Friday was what was left of my iPhone 6. So my iPhone 6 met its end. Within a week, um, you damaged it in like varied ways, didn't you, as well, last week? No, it's didn't been you, bent. No, didn't you do something where you kind of bent it and then it fell down some stairs? It's been bent for a while, but then right. it fell down some stairs but on didn't, Friday. didn't you have a dead pixel in it or something didn't your son no, get it it's not me oh yeah oh see? yes it's okay yes, i'll just decide, decide dropped for it. you you don't need yeah, to decide dropped it and it had a little ding in the, in the display but anyways i broke it real good and um so made a genius bar appointment and went to the genius bar and got it swapped out at apple care plus it was that was super easy like props to uh the kids at the genius bar uh, it's always weird. I always sort of touch the Genius Bar as if it was my battleship in like a war, and I've come back to visit it. Um, <laughs> so I always kind of just like rub my hands across it. I'm like, "All right, you're gonna be nice to me, right?" So, anyways, um, so One all that was great. I will be the lead genius of the Memphis region. You know what, Mike? You, you will be will, my office. I will come over there. Um, the problem started when I got home with it. So, I get the phone swapped out. I go home. Um, it's all activate. They activate everything for you at the store, which is really great because that used to be a big pain on Verizon. Um, so I'm going through the setup at home. I'm like, yep, here's my Wi-Fi. Here's my thing. Here's my iCloud ID. I was like, I'm just going to restore from my iCloud backup. I didn't have a uh, iTunes backup that was uh, really fresh. So I was like, well, I'll just do a restore from iCloud. And it won't let me do it. And basically all it says is something along the lines of a newer version of iOS is required. At this point, I'm sort of stuck. I don't have a good iTunes backup. My iCloud backup is sort of locked away. And like, and I'm running iOS 8.1.3. I'm on the public like build of iOS. I'm not running the betas at this point. Um, and so I had to set the phone up as new, go into settings, update to 8.1.3. It was running something older. And then erase all the contents and settings so I could then restore my iCloud backup. So I had to do this loop of setting it up, updating it, erasing it, setting it up again, which was frustrating, but I know what I'm doing. The The problem is, and I want to see what you guys think about this. I think that screen should say, uh, you can't install your iCloud backup. You know, you can't restore your data until you update. Oh, and here's a button to update your phone at this point. Um, Overall, I, I think that I'm I'm really surprised to hear this because it literally doesn't make any sense to me that you would have had to have gone through what you went through. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. understand. 
I don't understand. I, I didn't realize a that the iCloud backups were tied like to a specific iOS version. I yeah. figured that 8.1 is kind of all the same. That's also the case with iTunes backups, I think. Yeah, so it's... I, I remember I got that message uh, like a couple of years ago, the last time when I tried to... Uh, you know where uh, when jailbreak used to be a thing? Um, and I used to always like update and then downgrade. And one time I chose to downgrade to... Uh, an older version of iOS, and then I try to restore a backup from like uh, an, uh, a newer version of iOS, and it and it uh, showed me that message. Um, I I didn't know that it was the case with iCloud. But the thing is, like eight point one or whatever the phone came with to like eight one three. I don't know why that would cause such a catastrophic yeah. problem. If it would yeah. be like seven to eight or like six right. to seven, I would understand. But like if it's all right iOS 8, like it feels like that this shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, it was really surprising to me. And I mean, overall, I think because I've uh, we're gonna get to it in a minute. I've set up two phones now in like four days. iOS setup is really long. Like there's a bunch of screens, and the interactions are all a little bit different. Sometimes you hit continue, sometimes you hit next, sometimes you hit. You know, it's like I think the whole thing should be simplified. But if if they're going to tie an iCloud backup to a specific version of iOS, like for whatever reason, that's fine. Like, a normal person is not going to think about doing what I did, and they're going to be like, well, I guess all my stuff's gone, and then they're going to complain to iCloud to their friends because their iCloud backup didn't work. Like, they should allow you to update the phone from the setup screen. I, I do not have a problem with the, f- that, with the fact that the phone out of the box from the Genius Bar was out of date. That's just the way supply chains work, right? That phone has been in a box for a while. But... I shouldn't have to like go around my elbow and back to get this to get my data back on it. It should be really simple, you know. Backups and we have joked about for years doing a backup show, and one day I really do want to do it. But one of the most important things with any backup system is ease of restore, and this was not easy, and not in any way something that I think a normal person would be able to figure out without some real frustration. I I think. You could figure it out, but the road, yeah, so the road to get there is just going to be one filled with cursing, as it probably even was for you. <laughs> it, I was like, I was like, really? I mean, I knew immediately what I needed to do, but I was like, are are you serious? Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and and time consuming, right? You got to like update it, and then you have to go and erase it again, and then it was just, it was really frustrating. And I think that onboarding to an iPhone should be the opposite of frustrating. Um. You know, once it was set up, because I used iCloud, you know, I had some issues with passwords because I, I used one password heavily, but I also have iCloud Keychain turned on and um, not everything gets stored there. And, and then, like, all my text messages were just two-factor authentication codes from, like, Dropbox and Gmail and everything. But um, overall, just I, I wish that that would be more seamless for people and not just for people like me who broke a phone, um, but... You know, moving from one phone to a new phone, like if you just buy a new phone, um, I think it should be better than it is now. And I hope Apple addresses that. You know, if, if iOS 9 is going to be super big air quotes, Snow Leopard release, like I would hope that this is part of that, of making that onboarding easier is, is all I want. You know what they should do? Like if you own multiple iOS devices uh, with Touch ID, like if you own an iPad and you buy a new iPhone, you, they should do like use Touch ID on your iPad and set up this new phone 
with the same settings and exactly like my iPad. Um, that I don't need to type anything. I don't need to confirm anything. Just take the settings from this device because it's still my device and just don't ask me stuff. Because I went through the same process myself and the setup process for, for an iPhone is so long and boring. I just I just wish there was yeah. an, a different way to just say, okay, this is me, this is my favorite settings. Just don't ask me stuff and just do your setup. Uh, this is my authentication and I'm done. Uh, I think yeah. there is a, there's a similar thing with the, with the latest Apple TV that you use your phone to set up the Apple TV. So at, yes. at least Apple has been thinking about this problem in, in, in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I mean, overall, that that's a whole other topic. I would like to to see, you know, the option of like, hey, I would like to sync certain things between my devices. Because I mean, like, I'm sure Federico, you run into this. I have like my, you know, I have all my extensions or whatever the way I want them on one device, and then I have to um, do them somewhere else. You know, go to my other device and tinker them with them there. I, I wish that it would be more cohesive between devices uh, if you wanted it to be, but um. I know, we'll see. You know, I think overall, like in the history of iOS, someone having multiple devices is, you know, that's really since, I guess, 2010 when the iPad came out. I mean, it's been five years, but um, iOS, I think, is was designed as a very, like, inward-looking OS where it's not super aware of what's going on around it, and they add to that over time, but it's not as, as a good of a community player as I think, it, I think it could be one day. Yeah, but we are now nearly twice as long into a multi-device iOS than we were a single oh, one. Yeah. So I feel like that, while I understand what you're saying, I feel like that's not a valid reason. Like, you, you, I understand that, you know, a lot of the core is still the same, but you, it could have been addressed by now. Like, I, I don't think, like, oh, it wasn't designed to be that way. I don't think that, for me anyway, that holds up. Like, it was released in 2007 initially, and then, yeah. you know, 2010 is when the iPad came around. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, anyways, um, so that's that's a thing to uh, thing to think about. I, I hope that they they make that better. Should we take a quick break? Talk about uh, Apple Watch bands when we get back. Sound good? Yeah. Yes. Welcoming another new sponsor to this week's episode of Connected. We're on fire today. It's Sanebox. Here is a problem that everyone seems to have, and that problem is too much email. I know that I, for one, on a daily basis, see my inbox overflowing with email that a lot of the time I can struggle to deal with, or you know, I feel like I'm at least always paying catch-up on yesterday's emails today. Fortunately, there is a company out there that can help people like me, and that's SaneBox. SaneBox was designed to give you back control of your inbox and save you time on email. After a quick analysis of your of what is going on in your inbox, SaneBox is able to determine what emails are important with amazing accuracy. It automatically filters your unimportant emails out of your inbox into a new email folder called Sane Later, which means the only emails that land in your inbox are the emails that will actually matter right now. The emails in Sane Later are summarized in a daily digest, but you can also check Sane Later whenever you feel like it. Who uses SaneBox? Well, their customers include employees at Fortune 500 companies, VCs, salespeople, accountants, lawyers, realtors, managers, CEOs, entrepreneurs, essentially anyone that gets a lot of email, anyone at all, can use SaneBox. 
Samebox works wherever you check your email. So wherever you choose to look at it, whether it be Gmail, Outlook, uh, Yahoo Mail, Exchange, it doesn't matter because it's cloud-based. It's not an app. So there's nothing to download, install, or sync between your devices, and it's mobile-friendly, of course. Samebox has loads of other awesome features. It's like one-click unsubscribe, follow-up reminders. You can snooze non-urgent emails and move attachments to the cloud and so much more. Are you ready to clean up your inbox and spend less time on email? Well, go get a risk-free, no credit card, fully featured trial at samebox.com slash connected. That's S-A-N-E box.com slash connected. And if you do sign up and you love them and decide to buy a subscription, they will throw in up to two months free for you. Thanks you so much to Samebox for sponsoring this week's episode of Connected. Can I just say a word about Samebox? No. Yes, of course you can. <laughs> okay. So uh, it really is an awesome product. I used it for a couple of months last year um, before I switched to Outlook, but that, that's another story. So if you do email with your own IMAP server and you want to have this sort of like... Um, a main inbox where you get important messages and every, everything else uh, into a separate folder, like this is super recommended. Basically, you train Samebox into deciding which messages are like the ones that you need to see and which ones can be, you know, handled later. And, and that's cool, but my favorite feature was uh, what they call the uh, sane black hole, which basically you can just drop a message into this folder and you will never get that message from that sender ever again. So it's I, I think they have a lot of features to um, kind of replicate uh, reminders like uh, in, in some email clients like Mailbox and all these modern email apps, uh, they have native reminder, reminders features. And with Samebox, you can kind of bring that to any email platform. And I, I, it's full of options. You can control, you can create uh, whitelists, you can do blacklists, you can unsus- unsubscribe from messages. It's really, it, it, it's really well done. And uh, it's, it's got the, the teachy seal of approval. So, I was just about to ask if it had received yes, that accolade. And, absolutely, and it sounds like it. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that, Federica. Yeah, always, always happy to to have these kinds of, of sponsors. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Same Box, and thank you, Federica. Right, should we talk about um, Apple Watch? So uh, there's been lots going on uh, this week, and and Chairman Gruber is kind of like at the fore of predicting pricing and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's it's insane to 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 try and I think wrap our heads around what the prices mm-hmm. could be of some of these things right now, because there's so many variables. Like, if, even if you exclude the fact that the addition is probably going to cost like a gajillion dollars, um, even just the regular Apple Watch, uh, like you know, when you think about what the bands could be and how the pricing could add up, like there's so much that we don't know right now. But a lot of the discussion this week has been focused around the bands, as it seems like at least some of my perceptions, if you know mine especially, is slightly different to what I expected. Stephen, can you kind of frame this a bit for me? Yeah, so we know the 
the base model, which people believe to be the sport, is going to be start at three forty nine. But that's all. That's all Apple has said. All they have said is the Apple Watch is going to start at three forty nine. And so Gruber's been writing about the the addition, uh, which will be the gold one, and saying ten grand, uh, which is a lot of money. There's a, obviously precedent in the sort of world of watches for something to be that expensive. But that I think is less interesting than the discussion of of the bands. So there's there's a lot of confusion if you look at Apple's site about what bands are available with what models. And so there's a link in the show notes as well uh, to this chart of what kind of we know. And it's not as flexible as I thought it would be. And when you pair that with Gruber's other point of, you know, these bands could be really expensive. Like maybe the gold watch is, you know, $7,000 for instance. But then if you add this band, it's suddenly $8,500. I mean, these bands could be really expensive. And again, there's, that makes sense in the high end watch market, but it, it, the whole thing seems like it's going to be really complicated to understand unless Apple just like puts a chart up on its website and says, if you buy the sport, you can buy these bands. The idea that they're completely interchangeable seems to be going by the wayside a little bit. It's unclear if you're going to be able to go out and buy the Milanese Loop, for instance, for your sport. Uh, you might not be able to buy that as a standalone thing. You might have to buy it with a watch. So it's all very confusing. That's really what I've walked away with. This is all very confusing at this point. And, and Apple's going to need to really make it clear, I think, of what you can actually buy when you step in the store. I think that one of the things that, that I'm thinking about when looking at a lot of this stuff uh, is whether Apple think this way or not, but um, it's this this process, I think, is making it more and more difficult to try and buy one of these online like, because I feel like you're going to have to go in and kind of see it, you know? Like, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm thinking about the straps, is like, if, for example, the strap that I want is actually $400 more than the one that it comes with, then maybe I have to go and see it for myself to work out if it's worth it, you know? Does that make sense? Like, if I wanted the Link bracelet... But you know what it comes with is a white sport band, but the link bracelet's another four or five hundred bucks on top of the price. Then maybe I have to go and look at that to really kind of get a feel as to if I'm going to actually spend that money or not, if it's worth the extra money. Right. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think I think more than any other Apple product, and we're going to get to what we are currently eyeing to purchase. But I think more than any other Apple product, this is going to be when you have to see in stores before you can make a decision about some of these things, which is, which is nuts. I mean, being in the Apple store the other night, like looking around, I was talking to one of the store managers who was there when I was there. I was like, this is going to be weird in April. He's like, yep, (laughs) it is. It's going to be really a very different mindset than what they have now. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a new chapter. I think it's a really exciting one, but, um, we have to kind of stop. I think I think what we have to do, and what I have to do at least, is stop thinking about this as like a tech product of like, this is a MacBook Pro. These are my options. Like, when you purchase something like a watch, it is not that cut and dry. You know, it's not like, well, I can get the discrete video card with the 15 inch if I go to the the you know the high end, but the low end doesn't. Like, that's if that's complicated, the watch is going to be even more so. But it kind of has to be right because it's so personal. I mean, I don't see a way around it really. No, I think anything that you're going to put on your body, 
um, you you have to be able to make considerations for that. And it's something that we've not really seen from many other um, wearable devices is like the consideration of fashion. I know this is something that me and Federico argued uh, uh, for a long time. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. No, but I agree. That up. <laughs> I, I, I no, agree. please, like, let's get back into no! that. No, 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 no. I agree. Now, looking at it, like this, considerate the consideration of looking good and the consideration of fashion are two very different things. And where whether uh, Motorola and like Wyzings and people like that have con- they, where they've considered that they want their devices to look good, it doesn't mean they're fashionable. But Apple is going for fashionable. And they're doing that with extreme customization. Um, is that? Would you agree with that statement, Federica? Yeah. Good. So yeah, I think we're on the same page now. I would say that a lot of people that I, at least that I follow and that I read, uh, they're going crazy with this speculation about the price and the, the band compatibility. And I think that's a bit. I wouldn't say wrong, but. Um, I think it's not the right approach. Uh, I think it is it is a bit silly to think about these customizations in like a like tax packs because fashion is not a tax pack. If you're not gonna be able to use the link bracelet on the sport, so what? I mean, it you don't go into a, a clothing store and you uh, and you ask why doesn't this shirt come in a long sleeve model because whatever because the designer chose to do it this way you know and and i think i don't know maybe it's just me but i i find this constant speculation about the price a bit boring it is going to be a gold watch it is going to cost money so i mean let's can we just wait i mean i kind of get it because it's you know it's a it's a it's good to talk about an upcoming apple product but I kind of want to wait and focus more on what you, you will do rather than spend hours. I mean, there's people making charts. Yeah, well, I know. But Apple's created a vacuum because they haven't said anything. Like, they, there's really even questions around the the software still. And so in that vacuum, like, people are just going to – people are going to find topics. Did you see people comparing the price of gold to to other things? Yeah, like, then I just sort of jumped out the window. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, seriously, this is like before the iPad mini came out, uh, people were doing all sorts of crazy calculations about uh, the weight and the price and the screen size. And it was so boring after a while because just wait and don't spend all your time doing this. But that's because no eventually fun for page views. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Thank you. Let's uh, let's but... let's let's uh let's try and brighten it up a little bit. Um Federico, have you have you taken a look at the configurations? Do you have a an idea in mind as to what yeah. you might be interested in? I want the steel watch. Now the steel one, steel one's the shiny one, right? Yeah, that's kind the, of because I I get confused in my mind as to which one's the shiny one and which is not. So the steel one is the shiny one. So that's the standard, the Apple Watch. Yeah, I want the Apple Watch, uh, forty two, uh, because I'm a, I'm a big guy, big boy, and and the the link bracelet and that's it um, you, you want to go silver or or they call it black but it looks gray the the, the black looks more gray than the gray is black anyway um what what are you thinking there 
What's uh, what's the name of the one that looks like steel? I think that's just uh, steel. <laughs> they, they, it hasn't got a name, but the okay. black one is called but, ceramic black. Uh, no, it's not ceramic black. It says ceramic back. It's <laughs> it's called space black. Thing. Space black. Yeah. So, so what about you, Mike? What are you looking at? Uh, so uh, I'm definitely going to go 42. Uh, because bigger is better, naturally. Um, and I'm undecided on color. I, I do want the steel version myself. Um, I'm undecided whether to go black or not. I need to see that in person. I yeah, think. I'm afraid it's going to be... Like in their renderings, it looks really shiny. Yeah, so that that's why I would maybe go with the black one because I don't want it to be shiny, but I, I am interested... Uh, I, I t- the reason I don't want the sport is because if the bands are locked in the way that they uh, in the way that they're saying like they're locked to the certain devices I don't want a sport band hmm. that that's okay. my reason I don't want a sport band that's fair I, uh, I, I like the look of the other bands and I, I have got my eye on either the Milanese loop or the link but my concern is that they are going to be the two most expensive uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. more than the terrible leather but I want one of those too I am trying to, to I'm trying to think about this in more of what you know like what Federico was saying about it not being a tech product I'm trying to think of it that way and and, and really consider to myself like okay if you do this you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be like this is an investment you're gonna make here uh, so you, you need to think about this like you know it's up to me how I end up decide doing it, of course. But like, do I want to think of this as a tech product? Or do I want to think of this as if I was buying a watch? Um, and and I'm trying to kind of to think of it that way. In yeah, maybe maybe I spend a thousand pounds on this. Like maybe that's what ends up happening because it's the one that I want to get. Um, so do you, do you know what I mean? Like I'm I don't know where I'm sitting with that yet, and, and right. I think that that will inform the final the final pricing decision that I make. And I think I think that's a a conversation like that affects the whole thing. Like if you're going to spend a significant amount of money, I mean, you're talking about a lot more than an iPhone potentially. If you view it as a piece of technology, you're going to be tempted to upgrade it when the second gen comes out. But if you view it as a more of a fashion, more of as an accessory, maybe you're less likely to do that. So I think that's the, that's the flip side of all that conversation. Um, Serenity had a nice piece at iMore about the gold one specifically. Uh, I think yesterday or today, because I was but, um, I was super fine with like the my Pebble Steel being cheap, right? And like the fact that with the Pebble Steel, I just got got it as it looked because I was treating it like a piece of technology. So like, if I was to apply the same thinking to that, then I would just get the Sport, right? But, but it's not necessarily what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at the sport, and we are still assuming that the sport is the cheap one. From I mean, they haven't actually said that. I don't think, but um, it because on the site it's laid it's in the middle of the Apple Watch and the sport, but the materials seem cheaper. Uh, I like the um, I like the space gray a lot on the sport one, and I like the sport band in black. So I'm thinking space gray, um, sport with the black band. I don't know what size the, my two current watches I have are 38 millimeter. My wrists aren't enormous, but it might be nicer to have the, the additional screen space. So that's the one thing I want to see them in sizes before I, I purchase. But I'm thinking currently at least 
uh, space gray sport with the uh, the black sport band. I just I like the I like the dark look. I don't I don't want something real, real flashy or shiny, but um, it's just kind of my personal taste. I love that all of us nerds are considering our fashion options now. It's so fantastic. It's true, um, but what can you do? And um, it's because it is it's a new it's a new chapter. So it's you kind of have to ask those questions now. I think with a product like this. Um, and it's funny, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time in the past talking about the iPhone and the iPod and, and the iPod, especially for a long time, you know, you could pick a color of your mini or nano or something to sort of match your personality. And the iPhone 5C had the same thing. And but this is so much more than that, because like you said, Mike, you wear it like the, the watch, the two watches I own that I wear um, I sort of alternate. I picked out because of, of the way they look and one of them because of what it says because it's a calculator watch and I can do math on it. And I like having a little symbol of, of, of nerdum. Um, and uh, so this definitely is well beyond like what color iPod mini do I want? So it's, it's, it's interesting and it, I think it'll be fun to see the different combinations that are available and, and what people do with it. And um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So um there was some other smartwatch news, though. And, Mike, I have, I have not caught up on this, so do you want to kind of walk us through this, maybe? Yeah, so uh, Pebble um, have been have been teasing that they were going to be having an announcement today of a, of a new product, and, and we're recording on the 24th of February, 2015. And uh, 9 to 5 Mac had kind of gotten it a little bit early and had basically let the cat out of the bag for them. Um, but I think what was maybe not necessarily expected is that Pebble's next watch would be a Kickstarter project, which is the way that they decided to launch. Uh, Pebble very famously um, launched their first watch um, on Kickstarter. It was an incredibly successful Kickstarter campaign in the first instance. They made... Uh, $10.2 million like for the first one which was just incredible um, they were like 10,000% funded um, and that was back in May of 2012 um, and then today they came out and they had a goal of half a million dollars for the Pebble Time which is a the first at least that I've seen color e-ink screen and it's a, a watch and they're claiming 7 days battery life um, thinner, more ergonomic des- design claimed by uh, Pebble. I say that because I personally don't like the way that this one looks very much, um, but but to each their own. And they've got you know standard watch bands and stuff like that. It comes with it a, a with a new uh, UI and operating system upgrade called the Timeline as well, where they're they're rethinking the way that the information is presented to you. So you see like the, the the watch face that you have is the present and you press the down button to see things that are in your future like your appointments for the day and stuff that apps can show you and then you can go backwards and see your past to see your notifications and stuff it's quite an interesting way to think about the UI and, and I think of everything that I saw from from this the, the the user interface I think looks quite nice there's some really interesting animations which look very impressive for an e-ink uh, display um and and i think overall the the product looks really nice and they were they were doing early birds they had uh 10,000 early birds that sold out now for $160 and i considered it because it looked fun but then i was like yeah but the, by the time it gets here which is may <laughs> you're going to have a new one so it's like you, you know you're going to get the apple watch so that was the reason i didn't go ahead and buy it but that didn't really seem to matter because uh, they raised their goal within like 
a, a steely amount of time. And I think they made a million within half an hour. They made a million dollars. Is insane. Which is it's the fastest um it's the fastest project to ever get that to that point. Now I'm gonna tell you what the number is. Like right now at this very moment, they've raised six million four hundred and fifty thousand dollars three hundred no, sorry, six million four hundred and fifty thousand seven hundred and nine dollars. They've got thirty one days to go, they have uh just under 31,000 backers. And I say that because it is changing right now. They're now yep. already at 6,452,007. Like, it's insane. I yeah. have never seen a Kickstarter project like this one. And I'm, I'm really happy for them. I'm super thrilled for them. So it's, what's interesting, I mean, that's really interesting to me, but the device is interesting too because they are tapping into, um, they're not running Android Wear but they're doing some Android Wear-like things, correct? Yeah, but this has been the case. This is currently the case with the Pebble as well. Okay, so is that is that not new with this? What they are they are going further in that they have a microphone now built into this. Um, so the, okay. the the new version has a microphone, and so you can give so you can do some text entry, which you've not been able to do before. But um, Part of Android Wear, part of the APIs are for actionable notifications. Um, and the current Pebble has been able to do this for a while. But they're okay. taking it a little bit further. Um, and basically, that once you go into it and you take a look into um, into some of the stuff that they're talking about, the things that it can do, this is very, very clearly becoming an Android-focused device. It supports iOS, but so much of the new fe- so much of the new stuff that they have, like the voice to text APIs and things like that, currently there is no there is no way that they can do this on iOS. Which I mean, they they're kind of caught in between two platforms that have first-party smartwatch stuff now, and it it, it makes sense I think to to gravitate towards Android. Um, because I think the Apple Watch is going to be is obviously going to have hooks to iOS that the Pebble just won't. You know, they're not going to open that up. But on Android, they they have a little bit more, and and I think that Android Wear is uh, maybe an easier target in some ways um, for something like this than than the Apple Watch. But um, I think I think it's interesting. You know, we we've talked about the Pebble at length. Mike, you still own one. Uh, their their timing for this makes a, a ton of sense. You got to get out before the Apple Watch, and I think I think moving closer to Android in their feature set is something they've got to do. And I think it makes a ton of business sense for them to, to, you know, create, create a a little uh, market for them. I think where they set themselves now, which is very smart is, is arguably the best smartwatch for Android. Um, And I think that that is a very, very clever place for them to put themselves. Can I just be that guy Mm -hmm. for this topic? Okay, so I think it it kind of makes sense as a short-term plan to pre-sell effectively a lot of these watches. Um, I don't see Pebble as uh, having a future. I don't either. Really, long-term. No, um, I don't. I, I think they will be squeezed by both sites, uh, by Apple with the Apple Watch on iOS, and on Android, eventually, when Motorola and Samsung will get better and cheaper at making uh, useful and good-looking watches, and eventually by Google, if they're going to make their own uh, Google Watch, um, which you can only assume they're thinking about. Um, I mean, it's I kind of understand why they're using Kickstarter as a 
really as a marketing platform more than a crowdfunding solution because they don't really need funds considering how the the beginning of the video is uh, the Pebble CEO celebrating how many Pebbles they've sold. Yeah, they sold a million. Um, and unlike the first Pebble, this time this model is basically done and they're just taking pre-orders basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it makes sense right now. You just want to get them out of the door before the Apple Watch, if it's really before the Apple Watch, because uh, this is coming in May uh, and the Apple Watch is coming in April. Yeah, but they get the news out. I think that, that's they maybe got, more They get the it. news out. Yeah. And I, I don't think it looks good, personally. I don't it like looks kind of chunky and uh, toyish. Um, some people like it. I think it'll be like, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I perfectly understand why uh, it is. Uh, nice to root for the indie guys going after you know the big guys uh, I totally understand that but the sad reality I think it's that on Android and iOS uh, smartwatches and wearable devices in general made by the platform owner will be will always be and will eventually have better integration better native apis than whatever is exposed uh, over bluetooth or wi-fi to these kinds of devices so it's it's kind of sad when you think about it it pro- there there could probably be a market for pebble as the most popular cheap uh, android smartwatch i think about it like those cheap tablets uh, I see at the mall uh, by companies like Mediacom. I'm not even sure what they do. I just see these Android tablets running Android 4 point something and they cost 99 euros. And some people buy them just because they're tablets. And I guess eventually some people will buy Pebble just because it's a smartwatch. Um, I don't want to sound too negative, but I just don't think they have a future realistically. So I, I do agree with with what you're saying. I, I I think that where this is another very successful thing for them, and from a business perspective, they've made a, a very very smart few moves here um, in in getting this out to where it is oh, it's, now. It's and, good money. It's yeah, it is good money. And they're, they're making <laughs> sure. they're making great money. Um, and the, the interesting thing is they've actually limited this Kickstarter, so they can't they can't actually make an awful lot more unless they they bring more pledge levels in. They they've capped they capped it. Um, well, they can make a lot more, but it won't be like they at their current rate. They can't make like sixty million dollars or whatever. They, they can't do that. Um, I think that that maybe we, uh, the three of us, don't understand enough about Android Wear. Um, I know, I know, I don't. Um, I I believe that that they're able to um, to really kind of be comparable like from a from a software perspective because they're able to to hook into the apis Um, maybe right now the one thing that they can't use is the apps um so the apps that are on android where they can't they can't use you have to develop a pebble app and that might be where it starts to fall apart for them so they can they can hook into a lot of the notification apis but then if if apps become a thing for android where that's where pebble gets squeezed um so I'm interested to see what happens to them. I think that they have a future, but I think it's a short future, if I'm being honest, unless uh, they do what they really probably should do is create a Pebble device, which is full Android Wear. 
and and they go they go that way because that's probably going to have to be the next step if they want to they want to have a future. I, I don't know if the Pebble platform is going to be a um, credible third platform, or maybe just uh, make more um, niche um, professional devices like I don't know a smartwatch for people who run or for people who ride bicycles. You know that sort of small angle. Um, I don't know. Indeed. We do have one more thing that we want to talk about today, uh, but let me take our third and final break to thank our friends over at Harry's. Um, For many of us, shaving can be a pain. It's uncomfortable. Uh, Razor blades are super expensive, so not only does it hurt your face at times, it can also hurt your wallet. Uh, But this is where Harry's can help you out. This is started by a couple of guys who wanted better products that felt better on the face and felt better for your pocket. Harry's make their own blades. They have a great factory in Germany that crafts fantastic blades. They're they're real shaving experts that Harry's have working for them to create blades that feel great on the skin, which is just such an important thing. And one of the other things is because Harry's blades are so cheap, you don't have to keep them going for as long to try and save you money. Like one of the things about using just like disposable blades with with a with a razor is most people will leave them on the razor for too long and then they become rough by use and then because you know because they're so expensive you don't want to replace them a lot but with harry's blades you can even set up like they do a like a subscription service where they'll just send you new blades so they'll even you know they're, they're prompting you on how often you should be changing them over which is even better harry's will ship these blades to your front doorstep and they have a fantastic set because they sell you razors they'll sell you everything that you need to get a great shave you can get for 15 dollars a really beautiful razor moisturizing shave cream or foaming shave gel and three razor blades on average an everyday shaver who uses harry's products saves 150 dollars a year from their previous brands that they will have used um, I love the way that Harry's products look. I love the kind of the whole brand and the aesthetic around them. They've got a really kind of modern but retro look. It's really cool. I like it a lot. Like it's very simple, but it kind of like goes back to a more simple time. You know, I I I, I do really like it. It's it's fun. You know, and it's it's got this very nice kind of old timey feel. Um, their products like their aftershave moisturizer and the firming shave gel I, I love the way that they smell uh, I love how they feel on my skin um, it's important to use this sort of stuff like I use I use Harry's products to help keep me looking nice and sharp you know uh, like when I'm giving uh, talks you know I've got to make sure I'm all sharpened up uh, for my audiences uh, so I use Harry's products to make sure that I'm always looking my best. Um, you can experience a clean, close, comfortable shave with Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now and they will give you $5 off if you use the coupon code CONNECTED with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and use the code CONNECTED at checkout and you'll get $5 off. So you can get that kit that I mentioned, which is the razor, the shave gel or, or uh, shave cream and three razor blades for new customers you can get that for ten dollars after using the code so go start shaving better right now go shave better today with harry's thank you so much to harry's for the support of this show so you two have finally seen light (laughs) everyone has finally accepted uh, 2015 is the year of mike uh and you've both decided you're gonna get six pluses well, not exactly. Well, you both have them. That's all I need I, to know. That's true. 
I have one right now. I will. Uh, I have it for a month, and so this is a uh, week two. Um, should I share my thoughts with you guys, or I don't know, just say for ten minutes that Mike was right? <laughs> What do you want me to say? No, I I want you to go into a lot of detail about mm -hmm. how right I am. Yeah. So ten days ago more or less, I got this uh, iPhone 6 Plus white uh, top capacity, so that's uh, 128 gigs. Um, I was really, as, as listeners of the show may remember, I was really skeptical of the size of the and the, uh, and the comfort in general of using the 6 Plus because all my interactions were based on two things. Uh, One was my preconception of uh, a big phone. And second was my brief uh, demos at my local Apple store. And so it's really big. It's, it's huge. It's just a giant screen and you gotta use it as a phone. And the first 24 hours are weird because it's huge. And after the first day, it's still huge. But it, at least my experience it kind of starts making sense. Um, what I noticed immediately was the, the battery was amazing. Um, like when Mike was saying, I need this phone because the battery is better and I need to go all day uh, with my iPhone. I was kind of, yeah, I can get all day with my iPhone too if I just sneak in a couple of charges during the afternoon. Uh, but after using this, I appreciate the fact that I can really use this phone without even charging it once and without having to worry about, you know, uh, packing an extra charger, uh, a portable one, with me because it doesn't need it because I get to 1 a.m. or to 2 a.m. and I still have 25 or 30% left, which is amazing. It's incredible. I don't get that kind of battery life with the iPhone 6. Also, what I... What I noticed, and I kind of, initially I felt kind of gross, maybe, and then I felt kind of good after, after a while. <laughs> I don't even want you to finish this sentence. <laughs> no, <laughs> I need to. Uh, is that I'm using my phone in landscape mode for the no. first time in, in, in six is, years. The keyboard is so bad. No, 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 hear me out. Uh, so what I really, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? The home screen in landscape mode, it kind of, when you, when you try it for the first time, it's like, what? And then, like, I was trying to, you know, to navigate my apps, to switch between apps back and forth to open folders, which, by the way, folders on the 6 Plus have, have this crazy paginated layout uh, that lets you swipe over multiple pages. It's crazy useful. Um, So as I was using this, my girlfriend looked at looked at the, the 6 Plus and she was like, this is like a game controller, but it's an iPhone. And that comment alone, it kind of made it click for me because I, I, I told Mike, I think in the after show of uh, Virtual last week, this is like a PS Vita, but it's an iPhone because I hold this phone as I would hold a game controller or a portable game console mm -hmm. and instead I get the iPhone experience and I get iOS apps and it's kind of cool because I can, it's, it's not an iPad it's not, a, an, it's not a typical iPhone 
it's kind of this weird and kind of uh, intriguing in between. And so I'm, I type in editorial uh, with this new keyboard and it's got shortcuts for copy and paste, which I found super useful. And I can select text holding down shift and using the, arrow, the special arrow keys on the, on the 6 Plus keyboard, which I found super useful when I'm typing a blog post on, on, on the 6 Plus. And also what I really like is that some apps like um, Todoist, uh, I, of course, Apple apps, and I think also, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm looking at my home screen right now. Um, Fantastical. Fantastical. They have this special layout for the, for the 6 Plus. Yep. And when I switch to landscape, I see a sidebar. And in Todoist, it is really handy for me because I can switch between um, task lists on the left and see my actual tasks on the right. So a lot of people ask me on Twitter while I was testing this 6 Plus, are you going to um, switch from the iPad only to the iPhone? So that's a bit crazy. Um, I think my iPhone, for me, it's always going to be a companion device. Because the iPad Air 2 is really much, much bigger than the 6 Plus, of course. So I really need the, you know, the big screen of the iPad. But the 6 Plus, I think I need to say I was wrong. So Mike was, at least from my point of view, was right when he told me you're going to like the battery life, you're going to like the bigger screen, trust me, it makes sense. And, and I think it is the kind of device, especially if you were used to uh, smaller iPhones, if you, and if you never really tried uh, bigger phones with this kind of thinness and lightness, because I think, I think it is important to consider that unlike old Android devices, you know, when I used to make fun of big Android phones, they didn't have this kind of thinness or lightness. So once you try this, this is, I mean, this is the kind of device that you need to experience for at least a couple of days to really get it. And so I, I have to say the mic was right. And, and for me, it is, a, it is this kind of companion device that's still in between, but when I need a, so that's how I'm trying to, to think about it. When I need a phone, I think this phone would be better for me. I don't always need a phone because I get a lot of stuff done on the iPad, but I can see why, because I have big hands, because I don't mind this phone in my pocket. Um, I can see why this can be a better device. I see more, when you hear people saying, you see more content on the screen, and it doesn't really mean anything because content is really a buzzword. Uh, I see more tweets, I see more emails, I read more without having to swipe to scroll. So it has a real practical consequence. Mm -hmm. um, so this is only week two. I have about until March 20 uh, to try this. And I, I think um, I wouldn't say falling in love because that I, always, I only say that about people. Um, and iPads. And iPads. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and the people who make iPads. But... Um, <laughs> but I, I see I see myself liking this device more and more, and I like the catharsis of saying that I was wrong, uh, which I think is good to to admit your not, own. Not as uh, much as 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 me hearing you. Yes, say I, can I, imagine, right. I can imagine. I can imagine. I can. I can uh, send you a recording yeah. of me looping uh, Michael's oh, uh, right over and over. I'm gonna make it, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> 
so I can see myself liking this phone and wanting to exchange my iPhone 6 for 6 Plus. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'll have, you know, uh, drive to the Apple store and see if it can be done. But I can see myself having this kind of desire. I would be... Re I, I really wish that you hadn't switched to the iPad Air 2 because I would love to know how you felt about this Go, like with using a mini like if you had then because i i genuinely feel that you would have just said no i don't need an ipad anymore like, no 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 i don't think so i don't know man. no that that the, the, like, the, the difference is too much like okay. I don't know. Uh, sometimes I've... i i try to uh prepare entire uh articles on the six plus and it's uh, just i need the bigger screen because my eyes just too much fatigue i, I mean like uh, it is bigger mini bigger or no, iPad no, no. Air, too air. I'm super happy with the Air. No, 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 but that's what I mean. Like, I wish that you wouldn't have switched yet to the iPad Air 2 so I would know how you felt mm. if you were if you were an iPad mini user still, like how you would have felt about the 6 Plus is just the only device for you, you know? No, I don't think that can... Because, I mean, I, I it's still small, you know? I yeah, mean, I it's you. much bigger, but it's still a small device. And it, I... yeah. I feel it, more it, comfortable with the iPad. It is, though, really close to the... Because I've got the iPad mini, and the 6 Plus, it, it's closer than I thought it would be. And it's actually funny. My wife has an 11-inch MacBook Air, and I had uh, I was doing something on it um, last night, and I held the 6 Plus like up to the 11-inch <laughs> Air screen. I was like, oh, it's kind of as tall as that screen is. Um, I mean, so I've only had... I've only been using it for about a day, which is... Um, not a lot of time. I am using it full time. It is one that uh, we'll go back from once it came uh, in a couple of days. But um, it is not as as weird as I thought it would be. The, my biggest problem is it's just big, like in my pockets or like in my car. Like it's just it's a big device. But there are a lot of benefits to that, and I can totally see why someone would be attracted to that. Um, that sort of uh, that sort of of device, especially if you don't have a tablet, like the the idea that you can have one device and um, is definitely doable with something like this. Uh, I will say that I and Federico, I want to see what you thought about it. I had to adjust kind of my phone habits when I went to the six. But like the six plus for me, at least, is definitely a two handed device. Like uh, I cannot do it single handedly, and I've got you know regular size human hands. Uh, and that's really been interesting to me. I have found myself like um, leaving work today to come here to record. Usually if I get on the elevator, you know, I put my phone out and look at something, but I had something in my hands already, like under one arm. And I knew that I couldn't use the six plus one handed very well. So my phone just stayed in my pocket, which is probably good ultimately, but it's just it, the size like does impact your usage of it a little bit, which I did not really expect all that much. But it is substantially, I mean, on paper it doesn't seem like it's that much bigger, but it definitely is in practice. Once I you once some... you like adjust, because like yeah. I, if you, I look forward to you seeing me use it uh, because there are, there are some hand movements and stuff that I make which are crazy. Like I sometimes <laughs> will like 
be holding it in one hand and kind of like rock it onto my thumb to to like to press something. Oh my god, yes. Yes, yeah. I, I do this. I was doing that with the six already. <laughs> okay then, small hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really does have small hands, I think. <laughs> Old man with small hands. Um <laughs> no, just Are you still there? <laughs> I I know that I do some crazy kind of things with the device that you kind of will get eventually. Like you you kind of just work these diff- these ways of like using it. But but it is kind of crazy, and I do drop this way more than I've dropped any iPhone because of these stupid things that I do. Like and I'm talking like catastrophic ones. Like on multiple <laughs> occasions, I've like dropped it and then hit the corner, and it's like. Sp- Bun in the air. <laughs> like, oh, oh goodness! Never a bit of damage though, because I keep it in a case, like a gentleman. Yeah, I'm nervous about that with this that I don't smash it in the time that I I'm have it. I'm super nervous with mine. Um, I'm just su- being super careful, careful around the six plus because I cannot drop it. So you got to um, get a case, teach. You just got to get one. Get the no, Apple Silicon. Be- no, one, because man. I, I, I gotta. I it's it's temporary. Yeah, so but I, can't, I don't can't you don't like, want to buy a case. You could return it. Yeah, I don't do this sort of stuff. I feel bad going back and say, "Hey, I want to return this." I feel like a jerk, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I don't want to waste anyone's time. Yeah, you know. So that's that's fair. So I mean, overall, I I don't know if I'm ready to say I wish I had done this over the six, or I'm not ready to say that I would uh, next time around go to the bigger phone. But I will say that my dismissal of it early on was a little um hasty a, a little hasty a little mm, hasty yeah yeah a little conservative maybe even perhaps because, you i mean know, all phones have been smaller and this one is bigger and oh my god it's a copy of android i mean i i made that kind of argument and and trying this device in actual everyday life it's different and I, I want to see, I, I think I will uh, eventually, because when I get this sort of feeling that this is the device for me, it's like when I when I held the iPad Air 2, I was like, yep, I'm, that's it, and this is the one that I want. And I'm getting the same feeling with the 6 Plus, and mm. I know I will eventually replace mine, my iPhone 6. And, wow. If, I, if yeah. I did go to a bigger phone, I would go back probably to the iPad Air just to have... Uh, more of a difference you know i like the ipad mini but the reasons i like it the six plus kind of fall into mm-hmm. um and it would be nice to have something faster as, as an ipad than the mini too but uh there there is one thing that i want to bring up that i don't like and it's about ios and the fact that apps seem to refresh from memory a lot at least yeah. way more often than the iphone 6 I don't. I can't uh, compare it, but I do know that that is something that I see. Yeah, I've I've uh, I, I've, I've noticed it too. And I think the six and the six plus are basically the same, except for the screen. And I wonder that if the increased pixel issue. density, yeah, yeah, is putting a, a stress on the internals that the the six doesn't feel uh, as badly. And you, you got to remember too, Federico, like you're also on the iPad Air two, which is way better than these other devices at that. Oh so, yeah. You're kind yeah. of seeing like the worst case combination yes. of like you went from a six or six plus and you have an Air two. I've got, you know, the iPad Mini two and the iPhone six and six plus both feel faster than the Mini two, um, and I guess the Mini three since they're the same. Uh, so it's I I can definitely see that. I think 
the Air 2 hopefully is the first of what will come to all the Apple devices. Like these things need more memory because Safari just just kind of just disappears sometimes, and that's that's no fun. Yeah. It's also awesome that on the six plus you get the iPad uh, Safari layout uh, in landscape. You get actual tabs, and you get what? the special. Did, didn't you know that? You didn't know this. I, I haven't used when, it much in landscape. Oh, man. It's awesome. Go to landscape, open Safari, open multiple right. tabs, Steam thing, and you, you get tabs. You can't have this device and not use it in landscape. Like, it might not be what you you think you want, but you've got to try it because, seriously, you don't have an experience like this on any other iOS device because there are so many apps that look completely different. in some. Like, for example, in Fantastical. You can get like a, a like an agenda view on the left and like a full day view and the week view yeah. on the right. Like you, okay. All right. you I'm know? gonna give it a shot. I mean, I, I'm a person who leaves their iPhones. My iPhone six is always locked in portrait orientation, but I right. will we give this a shot. Break out of it. Break out. Of I'm gonna it. give it a shot. I got some more time with this. In there, so. There's new things in there. So we're gonna keep using these. Federico, are you using it as your carry phone? Like you, your stuff is on it. Yes. Yeah, yes. me too. I, I feel ridiculous on a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I I use the iTunes like an old man to yes. for my backup. I use the cable and a so Mac. This week you used USB and I complained about iCloud. <laughs> we have apparently entered some Bizarro connected. Yes. But, um, <laughs> so I'm sure we will follow up on this uh, on this next week because you and I both have some more time with these devices. So yeah, yeah. I got two. I got three more. So plenty of follow up. I am cool. also using my six plus as my carry phone. Uh, right now, it's yeah, well, we don't care about your opinion in this <laughs> section, Mike. I've I've had all the opinions I'm allowed now. That's right. It's we over. we have said you were right plenty of times. Now Just enough with the, with the yes, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, excellent. Fun. Well, I feel great. This is the best episode of the show. Probably don't need to. Have oh any no, more. no, like, no, no, Mike. You know that there's going to be a very special one soon. Oh, we, we, yes, we still have not heard from this secret from Federico. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this, Stephen? He mentioned a secret a couple of weeks ago. I, I, don't, I thought that was off air, maybe. I don't remember. I do remember it. I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up. I don't know if it was private. Well, there, it's a private uh, surprise. There is continuing to be teasing of this secret. <laughs> uh, and um, don't forget my middle name. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> That's the real reason to tune in. Uh, yeah, the next week's episode. <laughs> maybe we'll once and for all find out Federico Vitici's middle name. Is it Vitici? <laughs> why? Why would it be Vitici? It's, I don't but know. it's it's Federico with a Y. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Federico with PH, like Stephen. There you go, Federico. <laughs> all right, take us home, Mike. If you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, you want to go to relay.fm slash connected slash 28. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at underscore connected FM. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, Federico's at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and Stephen is at ISMH on Twitter. Stephen writes over at 512pixels.net, Federico at MacStories.net, and I have many shows on Relay FM. I would love you to check them all out. Uh, check out Inquisitive if you've not already. I'm um, doing some exciting things there that I think that you may in joy we'll be back next week with another episode of connected thanks again to our sponsors this week harry's same box and warby parker but most of all thank you for listening until then say goodbye everybody arrivederci adios